Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby, and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we chatted to Doncaster Rovers legend James Coppinger. James has been at uh, Rovers for 17 years, and uh, he's 40 years old now, and he's got a special honour awaiting him for tomorrow's game, which uh, he told us all about. Uh, also, we played a little quiz with Andy, um, which was uh, courtesy of Judd Trump, the snooker player. You'll hear that as well. We had a bit of a chat about various uh, footballing matters and more. We heard from you uh, on some of your weird and wonderful names that uh, you'd be given and how you arrived at them. And Martin Kellner joined us for a week of sport on TV while uh, Mike Ward brought us the non-sporting telly. So... Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everybody. And a bit of a... I saw a little bit of the football last night. Sort of morale-boosting win for Spurs. I think you needed that, really. Yes, yeah. It was a winning feeling. It was... We had a little moment, you know, a slightly stressier second half than you'd expect when a team were... uh, 3-2. Smack the crossbar. Yeah, it could have been a very different last 20 minutes. So it needn't have been that stressy and... uh, the great first touch of Musa Sissoko, always a joy. You never quite know <laughs> yeah, where it's... You never quite know, dog chasing a balloon, you never quite know where it's going, but there we are. Roger Hunt thought it was in it, incidentally. Yeah, I'm for sure him, yeah. he did, yeah. I've gone on that for six hours. It was... Um, <laughs> the, the game of the night, though, I guess, was the Antwerp Rangers. Oh, yeah. What a crazy... You said you took in a bit of that, did you? Yeah, I caught the end. Of the, I caught the penalty at the end. Oh, God. The penalties in Europe are ridiculous. Mm. I mean, absolutely bonkers. The one on Smith Row, I didn't think that was a penalty. The one on Abdullah Set, I mean, just... I don't know how you get out of the way. I don't know how this is handball. It's it's mad, but that's yeah. the rules, you know, the way they do it. All, I, uh, all five British teams yeah. in place, you would think, at home in the second legs to, to get the job done. So it's a good night, I think, mm. generally. You, know, you imagine Arsenal at their place will have enough for Ben Fika. The one that interested me was uh, Kasper Schmeichel taking a bit of clog from uh, the uh, in-house TV channel who said he was overweight and wore a corset. But <laughs> yeah. they weren't happy with the pitch, nor was Brendan, apparently, yeah, in no. the stadium. But he also said, he said, we always knew it was going to be a very tough uh, game with a terrible pitch and a terrible football. But surely, don't they use the standard Europa League yeah, football? Maybe He obviously didn't like it in all the previous rounds, but I don't know what was wrong with it. Was it flat? What was it? What was going on with the football? Maybe <laughs> no, Jeff Peters, who was our man keeping an eye on the game, can, can tell us, but it seems a bit yeah. weird. He, well, he might be able to tell you about the ball, but he won't be able to tell you the score. <laughs> he won't tell us the score in the, in the birthday spread, as, as he proved <laughs> yesterday. He's working so much on the production, he's actually not doing his job. But anyway, we'll try it again next Thursday. 
Yeah, I must say Moose coming on after I was on doing an absolutely terrible <laughs> Indeedy gag and then blaming me. I thought I yeah. really rich. <laughs> you know, that's from the end. I thought you'd love to be able to write gags like that in the birthday sprint, <laughs> honestly. Now, what a classic he is, that bloke. We're going to Go chat on. to Nick Campbell later on who played rugby for Scotland um, alongside Gerwin Price, the world dance champion. Not for Scotland, but at club level. No. And yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been weird. And um, <clears throat> we will be mm. chatting to him. His name is Nick Campbell. He got his name, apparently, and we'll try and stand this up later on, because his mum couldn't decide on a name when he was born, and then she saw Nicky Campbell uh, come up on the hospital TV and thought, yeah, that's a good name, I'll go with that. So that's how he got his name. Because, I mean, it could have been anybody on the telly. It could have been Archie well, McPherson. It could have been, it could have been Archie it could Campbell. could have been Lady Colin, Lady Colin Campbell. Could, that yeah, have been good that wouldn't have been great, no. So we just wonder if you've ever got to the root of how your name was arrived at. Is it as random as that? Is it as random as... Someone just appearing on the telly when you you know you're you can't think of a name. So let us know the weird and wonderful name, weird and wonderful ways you arrived at your name, or indeed you know handed one maybe to your kids, etc. Mm. So talksport.com text eight ten eighty nine tweet tsh and jam. We'll read the best of them out uh, throughout the show. And uh, and the other thing I noticed in Europe as well is that the Spanish teams, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens when Atletico, who are top of the Spanish league, come up against Chelsea. Because Barca, Sevilla, uh, Sociedad last night against United, apart from Granada beat uh, Napoli, they're not doing too well. So, no. you know, you wonder what the standard of the league's like. We'll, we'll find out next week. Yeah. Obviously, Atletico are the, are the best team in the league. So, uh, do you see that story from Russia that Andre Arshavin's wife faces eviction no. uh, from her place? Yeah, she's got until midnight to get out or 11 o'clock the next day. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. The paperwork will come through about two or three weeks later, but and so she'll be allowed to stay. There we are. One and, uh, thank yeah. you. Lionel, Lionel Messi, although uh, they're denying that City are going to do a deal with him, but apparently he wants a five-year deal. I mean, mm, how wow. slow is he going to be at 38? He's barely moving now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't give him the five-year deal. You can't, deal. You can't be wouldn't. giving him five years. That's bonkers. That's a crazy. No, not the sort of money he's going to want. That's mm. just crazy. Now, I didn't realise, Andy, until yesterday, mm. that the way they work with staff, they train staff to do all the jobs that need to be done in, in a Crown Court, is they, they run a mm. kind of mock trial and everybody plays a role. I suppose it makes sense. You bring everybody in, it's mm. like a training course. Yeah. And uh, they did it, apparently, earlier this week at the Old Bailey. And they come up with a, a, some sort of old, obscure offence that they like to try people for. Mm. And in this case, it's one going back to um, 1986, actually not that not that far. Section 32 of the Salmon Act. And really? uh, the It's called the offence of handling a salmon in suspicious circumstances. Oh, I see. Okay. Which I'm hoping is <laughs> yes. poaching related and nothing, yeah, and nothing so. else. But what about that? Imagine getting nicked for that, Andy. Well, maybe it is that because they're, they're lice-ridden, according to Nigel. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You're just sitting there one day and you say, what are you in for, mate? Oh, yeah, you know, driving too fast. Well, what about you? Oh, I was uh, handling a salmon in suspicious circumstances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. a weird one, isn't it? It is. And um, <laughs> this one here. Oh, yes. The Greek tour tourism minister is in the news at the moment because oh, obviously yeah. there's, there's plans for people to be able to go to Greece on holiday, mm -hmm. possibly vaccination passports. And the Greek tourism minister is a bloke called Harris Theo Harris, known as Chopper, obviously, in the, yeah. in the dressing room. <laughs> What's Tremendous. Greek for Chopper? Well, uh, uh, don't give us the colloquial version, that. please, uh, Anglo-Greek <laughs> listeners. We don't need any of that. The um, By the way, I've got something oh, yeah. for you, Andy. You told us last oh, yeah. week 
week that uh, your wife Sue is recovering from a stroke at the moment um, yeah. played you at Scrabble. Um, <laughs> oh, no, don't, uh, it don't, was an a. It, it. it was it was you obviously <laughs> trying to help her um, recuperate, yeah. and she beat you. Which didn't surprise us after your fine performance in the Mensa test many years ago where we were checking for a pulse. Well, honeybees are uh, good at maths, apparently. The Royal Society Journal says bees were trained individually to find a sugary reward by identifying the placard that had the most shapes on display. Cut a long story short... Uh, honeybees are good at maths, so if you want to get some honey, if you want to work on maths as well, get the honeybees in because they'll be, be they'll be better than you. But the mad thing was, we played another game, mm. and she was beating me, and then she started helping me, and then I beat her. <laughs> stop, stop helping good, me. I think that's good. <laughs> that's all good therapy that, that she's it doing is. stuff like that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Plenty of you have got to the bottom of why you're called certain things. Mm. Um, I got my name Gary because my mum liked Gary Cooper, says Gaz the Burnley fan. It's old western, see? It doesn't take much, does it? My dad wanted to call me Leighton Orient. Luckily, my <laughs> mum got involved and put her foot down. <laughs> Didn't stop me getting Leighton as a middle name, though, says uh, James in London. That's a shame. Or- Orient, that would have been great. Um, mum and dad were having trouble finding me a name. Um, my old man was in uh, a public lavatory and emblazoned on the urinal was the manufacturer's name, Ross. Yep, that's what they went for. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake. It gives you a good story, though, Ross, doesn't it? You could have so, been called Armitage Shanks. It could have That's very true. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Cambridge will slot it home, yeah! and it does so. Cambridge has turned it into the empty net. It's promotion to Doncaster Rovers. Can you believe what has happened in this last minute here? Was it... Quite incredible yeah. moment. I'm sure a lot yeah. of you I presume that it. wasn't the Brentford club commentator. <laughs> it wasn't the Brentford club commentator. No, <laughs> off the bar for a pen at one end, put in by James. I remember it well. Yeah. At the other, yeah, really dramatic moment. Uh, 17 years he's been at the club, and uh, tomorrow they'll be uh, stepping out in a kit that he's designed uh, with his kids. Uh, James, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How you doing? Yeah, good. Good to hear that again. Yeah, it gets me every time. Um, yeah, goosebumps. To be honest, <laughs> you you threw your shirt into the crowd and then uh, then sort of thought better of it because it was such an historic moment and sort of pleaded to the fan that got it to get it, <laughs> give it back. Did did you get it back? Yeah, I, I eventually sort of pleaded. I think through Sky Sports, got it back, and we 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 sort of replaced it with a replica shirt for him. But it wasn't it wasn't an easy sort of um, getting it back off him. Yeah, he wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, oh say so 17 years at, at, at one club. I mean, you had, it was a little lone period, I see, Forrest, but beyond that, continuous service. I mean, were there times when you, you nearly left? Yeah, there was opportunities for me to leave um, around sort of 29, 30, and when we were in the championship and, and doing well. But for me, um, you know, I never really sort of saw a reason to leave the club almost matched my ambition as I was going into my sort of late 20s, early 30s. And, you know, I've really enjoyed my time at the club and the club have been, been magnificent with me, both on, on on the pitch and off the pitch, to be honest. What's the secret to your longevity? Is it yoga or something like that? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I say this all the time, but just I just love playing football and I have done... I never, I never wanted to be a professional footballer, so it wasn't something that I professed and, and had a, a real burning desire to do as a young kid. But I really loved playing football, whether it be down the park or um, playing at Wembley against Leeds in the playoff final. It, it doesn't really matter to me. So I think waking up every day, just loving training, 
um, going in and just loving what I do. And I think that's that has been the secret to why I've played till I'm 40. Mm. Has it has it got tougher? The sort of waking up in the morning after the matches, it deal I mean, it probably does feel very different than it did twenty years ago, doesn't it? It actually doesn't. You know, it, oh. it's getting having two kids. My kids are twelve and thirteen, and um, sort of as you get older, I think you appreciate the position that you're in more. Um, so going into training and trying to help sort of the younger players trying to lead by example. Uh, I was captain at 36, 37 and led Doncaster to promotion and you almost feel that, that responsibility um, and, it, and it comes with it sort of more enjoyment or it has done for me anyway. The the shirt that you've designed, uh, it's an interesting one. You've, it's gold. Um, so it's, it's a lovely looking shirt. So tell us how, how, you, how you arrived at the design. It was just, again, just asked by the club if it was something that I'd be interested in doing. I've always loved um, getting the, the latest shirt. I think any footballer will tell you, training kit and, and match shirts. And, you know, it's that putting that on. It's almost like your uniform. And growing up, for me, growing up, it was like my shirts always had just two colours. And then it evolved into 1990 World Cup. Um, and then you have the imprints and then it all changes and then to, to be asked to design a shirt where they have like the 26 within the shirt that I can pick the colour, the design, I put the collar on. Um, I think they had the sort of 2004 to 2021 on the back, a little sort of signature. So there's a lot of work went into the design of the kit and, and I actually really enjoyed sort of, again, with my kids and with the kit man at the club um, sort of putting it together. And uh, the lads have come up with some matching boots. They're incredible. Yeah, that was this morning. Um, I wasn't aware of that. And, yeah, the the lads are brilliant. And hopefully I'll get to wear them tomorrow, fingers crossed, um, along with the kids. You're going to have to play well wearing those. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. There's no pressure. They'll get noticed, <laughs> certainly. Yeah, Golden white. Yeah, you've had a couple of... Um, you've, had a, you've had a bit of a knock, haven't you? So is it still touch and go tomorrow? Yeah, I've been back probably five days, six days, um, and the, the team have been doing well, although the last few results haven't been brilliant, but we're doing really well as a group. Um, so it'd just be good to be involved tomorrow and play some part in, in the game. Yeah. Are you, are you, are you, you're 40 now, aren't you, James? You've hit 40 already. This Was it last month? Yeah, 40 in January. Yeah. Right. Um, which, again, was another milestone that I wanted to hit. Yeah. When I was 20, in my 20s, I, I always set sort of a goal to get to 40 and still be playing. And like you say, I'm still doing that and contributing. Um, but this will be my, my last season and I will be retiring at the end of the season. Are there any other 40-year-olds playing at that, that kind of level? I mean, I can't think off the top of my head. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. There's a, there's a few lads, um, Kevin Ellison playing the league below, that's doing really, really well and... You know, I, I just think, well, personally, you know, as you get older now, there's so much more to do with looking after your body, sports science, nutrition, um, recovery. And I think, I think, well, I'd like to think that in the next five to ten years, you'll see players playing longer. Yeah, yes, yeah, good point. And Zlatan puts it down to taekwondo, apparently. Yeah. I was reading this morning. So I don't think <laughs> Everybody's got their own way of doing it. <laughs> so there's no secret, James. You come in, loads must be loads of Sunday morning, Saturday afternoon football singing. What's the secret? I want to carry on till I'm forty. But there, there's no one thing that you think you've done that uh, that's kept you going. I think I genuinely think that 
my body's conditioned. Like I played average 40 games every season for the last 19 seasons. So, um, like 600 and something games for Doncaster, uh, over 800 appearances. And, and my body's almost conditioned to play games. Um, I've been very fortunate not to pick up injuries. Um, and, I, and I go back to it. I just love playing football. So, I think for a lot of players, when they're playing at a higher level, they, they struggle to come down the levels and get motivated. A lot of people are motivated by money. And when the contracts aren't there in their 30s, you know, they lose that motivation. But for me, that motivation has never changed. It's always been, I love playing football. Um, so, yeah, I, I genuinely put it down to that. And like you say, it's going to be really difficult and really strange for me um, to retire at the end of the season because I've been doing it since I left school at 16. Yeah. And is the plan to coach, James? Is that is that what you're hoping to do? You're going to do your badges? I'm not. No, um, mm. it's not something that that I'm, I'm I've got my heart set on or anything that I want to do. I've not done them. Um, but you know, time will tell. I'm, I'm actually mentoring players. I work a lot around the mental side of the game on mental performance. I've mm. been doing that for the last five years. I've got my own company, so um, that really sort of. I really enjoy doing that, sort of passing on my knowledge and experience to other players. Yeah, we should mention it's a different shirt sponsor tomorrow as well, isn't there? Whatever charity you're involved with. Yeah, sort of LNER have done a really good thing and they do it every year. They offer it out to Calm. Um, and again, around mental health, the club are doing some fantastic work um, with Calm. And like you said, under the current circumstances, it's probably... Um, it couldn't be a better sponsor on the shirt for mm. me anyway. It's a shame that the fans aren't going to be there tomorrow to uh, to sort of mark the day, isn't it? What a great, I mean, I'll tell you, it's going to be difficult for your family as well. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I've got my kids sort of dying to come to the games and my wife and my dad who's supported me my whole career who hasn't been, obviously, been able to get in and support me this season. Um, and it's been tough and... You know, the fans are asking me to play one more year and, and I do get it and I, I would love to play one more year and, and, you know, go out that way. But that's never the case, you know. For me, it's about um, trying to do my best this season. I was always hopeful that the fans would get back in. Um, but you never know. I think the club might do something. I might come back and, and play in a game or try and, try and say goodbye to the fans because... 17 years at one football club, it, it's like my home and um, the fans have been unbelievable to me, um, you know, through the ups and the downs, to be honest. Well, enjoy tomorrow, James. Good talking to you. Thanks for joining us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, Andy, uh, Judd yes. Trump uh, went out of the Welsh Open snooker. Uh, yes, where I believe I saw that, yeah. mate, Andy Goldstein is operating at the moment. And, um, and he went out and uh, he, he didn't like the conditions uh, in the room. It reminded him of China. Uh, where he plays yes, over I there. It was that, very yeah. humid in the Celtic Manor Resort. And he said, apparently, it, it was more like Nanjing than Newport. So I thought, why don't we have a little quiz? Why not this afternoon? Why don't we play Newport or Nanjing? Or Nanjing, of yeah, course. It's, it's, yeah, it's the quiz they're all talking about. Newport or Nanjing. No questions we... about Chinese restaurants in Newport. That's not fair. Okay, well, look, let's see what okay, comes up. Because I'll kick you off okay. with the first yeah. question. Here we go. A little bit of tension. This is for the fridge freezer and uh, the heated rollers. Um, the Clash's Joe Strummer once lived... In Nanjing or Newport, Clash's uh, frontman, late great Joe Strummer. Nanjing or Newport? It's, it's got to be Newport, surely. Why'd you say that, Andy? <laughs> I just can't imagine. That he, it's more you know, likely to have lived. He's, he's from a very Britain, he's successful to... band. You, you know, uh, no, you're going. You're going mm. Newport, are you? I am. Yeah, Newport. You're absolutely right. There's even a plaque <laughs> there uh, in uh, <laughs> on Pentonville, apparently near the railway <laughs> what station. He <laughs> might have done the very exotic <laughs> world of might. rock and roll. He lived in the property in 1974 when he was at art college. So well done, one nil, Andy. <laughs> you knew more about mm. Newport than Nanjing. Andy, where do they hold the annual Plum Festival? Is the annual Plum <laughs> Festival held in Newport or Nanjing? <laughs> of course it's not held in Newport. Why not? It's in Na- Because they don't have things like annual Plum... That's such a Chinese thing, the annual Plum Festival. So I'm going Nanjing. Are you, are you sure? You don't... You, I am, Okay, this sure. is for the... Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So okay. you would be right, yes. The annual yeah, International yeah. Plum Blossom <laughs> Festival. It's held on Plum Blossom Hill. Yeah, we get the idea. And it houses yeah. the largest plum collection in China. <laughs> That's... Well, there you go. <laughs> We've had the largest plum collection in North London over the years, I can tell you, our place. And, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, and they also have the Nanjing Peach Blossom and Kite Festival. You don't normally put those two things together, do you? But well done to well, it. has two. been moved to Newport this year, apparently, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for COVID it. reasons. <laughs> Where would you find um, a tonne and a half uh, each um, carved from oak 
pandas. Oak pandas <laughs> that weigh a ton and a half each. Where would you find those? Would you find those in Newport or Nanjing? Well, given that the panda is a sort of symbol of China, you'd have to th- you'd have to go with Nanjing. I'm prepared to be surprised, but I'm going with Nanjing. Okay. Well, next time you're on the roundabout near Mount Pass in Newport, <laughs> look out oh. for the carved oak. Yeah, oh. pandas. You're wow, wrong, Andy. There you go. Newport, the home so, of pandas, but obviously not real ones. I didn't ones. know that. Uh, well, I hope you're playing this at home rather pointlessly. Um, so, what's this is off the back of a throwaway comment by Judd Trump. So, um, Chi and die. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is which is twinned with Leipzig in Germany? Is it Nanjing or Newport? Oh, that's, that's that now. That, oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Newport. Okay. Twin with yeah. Leipzig. Well, I'm afraid you're yeah. wrong, Andy. It is oh, Nanjing, no. along with a lot of other big cities oh. around the world. Newport has got two, one of which is a place called T- Kutaisi, which is the second city of Caucasian Georgia. And uh, the links go back to 1989 and were formed in the final days of the Cold War, when uh, countries that were part of the Eastern Bloc Bloc were looking to twin with uh, other cities and Newport stepped forward. So there we are. You're learning. This is... And I am a big fan of RB Nanjing. (laughs) They're a a good side. They are a good side. Um, Okay, then. And finally, Andy, you've not done... How many have you done? You've done... We've got two so far. Two right, two wrong, haven't you? Two wrong. So this is the decider. Where might you visit the Dragon Palace? Where might you visit the Dragon Palace? <laughs> well, the obvious answer is Nanjing, so I'm going to go, knowing your sense of devilment, I'm going Newport. You're saying Newport? Really? I am saying Newport, This is yeah. for the car. <laughs> okay, you sure? It's a lot riding on it. <laughs> it is indeed Newport. It is a ch- Chinese takeaway on the Chester Road. I knew it. And I know you'd love their signature dish, Andy. It's curry beef with onions and peas. <laughs> yeah. Very Chinese. Fantastic. So there we are. Congratulations, Andy. Well, How did you do at home, folks? If you live in Newport, probably better than Andy did. But we got him with the pandas. I'm going yeah, to go, I'm almost, I'm, I want to go to Newport now to check out the pandas. It sounds good. So there we are. That was. We won't be doing it again. Although if this was Max, he'd string this out for about two months. Uh, Newport or Nanjing there, a one-off Judd Trump-inspired quiz. Just a bit of fun. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Joining us now, of course, Martin Kellner with a week of sport on TV and just hearing Fletch talk about the two Everton players coming back. Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Allen. It sounds like a vent act, doesn't it? Cracking <laughs> <laughs> the gox. Well, you could say what that, Dominic Calvert Lewin, couldn't you? <laughs> you definitely could. Yeah. You definitely could. Um, yes, excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. I have to salute the BBC to start with mm. because uh, back on the iPlay, and I'm sure I reviewed this once in 2018 yeah. when it was the 40th anniversary of uh, Scotland's great adventure in the uh, 1978 World Cup, going to Argentina. <clears throat> and when I say Scotland, I don't just mean the football team. I mean the whole of Scotland. It was a fantastic adventure then. They put it back on iPlayer. I don't know why, but definitely if you'd not seen it and you missed out on it when it was the anniversary, definitely, definitely watch it. I did watch Uh, it at the time. You're right. It's absolutely, it's an excellent programme, isn't it? It's beautifully made. Uh, Scotland Mm. 78, uh, a love story, and it starts with the story of the Glasgow butcher who sold his shop so so he could go to Argentina. 
and it's full of great stories like that. Fantastic. People who work their passage over on a on a boat. Mm. There's a, a remote village in the uh, in the Highlands, and the, they didn't have TV. TV hadn't. In 1978, TV had not arrived uh, in this village, and the whole village got together with their with their spade. They dug a trench and they laid a cable so they could hear this. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Lovely. So that was the, obviously the BBC's theme for uh, yeah. Argentina 70. But, I mean, you know, at the time, I, I, I can remember um, we English who were around in 1978 had a bit of a laugh at the Scots and we thought, you know, the word hubris... I probably didn't know the word in those days, but the word hubris sort of suggested... <laughs> you thought he played for Brazil, because, didn't you? Yes, hubris <laughs> midfielder, very, very skillful. No, I mean, that word sort of, or that whole concept suggested it's because they, they, all, they went to Hampden Park and all the mm. players were introduced one by one. They toured the country. They, were, they had the open-top bus mm. before they'd had the actual mm. tournament, which is always, <laughs> always tempting fate, isn't it? Mm. Um, but you can understand, in a way, why they were so confident when you look at the team. You know, they had Dalgleish, oh, Sunes, um, Martin Buchan, Lou Macari, oh, Joe yes. Jordan, Excellent side. Yeah. Um, Bruce Rioch. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you Archie, know, Archie Gemmell. Some... I mean, that was one of the great Archie goals Gemmel, of all time. Yeah. Oh, fantastic goal! Too late, too little, too late. But mm. um, I mean, I mean, and the, it was the, they were. If if no other award is uh, given to the Scots for that '78 campaign, the most ill-prepared team of all time. You know, they got <laughs> to their um, they got to their hotel in Alta Gracia. I think it was Alta Gracia. You probably know it better than me. Uh, um, I've never heard of Alta Gracia, to be honest. He knows in a Gracia, of course, but Alta yeah. Gracia's never been there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, but it was sort of 10 miles outside Cordoba, which obviously where Scotland played oh, yeah. their um, first phase of match. I think it was Alta Gracia. Yeah, no, it but is. That's what, it, it's definitely, that's, what it's, that's what it's called. It was their base camp, wasn't it? Where they were, where they were stuck it there, was. yeah. Well, they were stuck, but, the, you know, the, the fans who got there, they were lauded. You know, people love the kilts and all that. And there's a great story in it of uh, some guy who's, uh, who's in his kitchen, um, do, you know, one of the talking heads, he's in his kitchen talking about, you know, the struggle to get to Argentina when they got to Gracia. They were welcomed and there was sort of meals laid on for them and, you know, and events in the local bars. And he met this girl in the bar, had a nice um, evening with her and all that. Uh, and then at the end of the interview, you see walks in uh, through the kitchen door uh, and they've been married for 31 years <laughs> you know it's full of great great things like that um, and but Ali McLeod he was um, oh. he was I think it was I think it was Gemmell who, who, who said it but one of the no it was Bruce Rioch actually mm. uh, who was obviously the captain at the time um, and he's worn very well Bruce Rioch oh. you know I mean Willie <laughs> Willie Johnston was interviewed he's still with him I'm delighted to say mm. but he did look like a like an old international footballer Bruce Rioch looked more like a the sort of guy who'd uh, help you out with your property portfolio. Oh, I... <laughs> he didn't look like a, a former international. He's very, you know, very straight. But it was, it, mm. was uh, it was brilliant to see yeah. all the memories. 
and um, you know what it meant to, to Scotland at the time because it was the, the late 70s and you had these shots at the start of um, you know industrial decay and, and such like and it was so important it was a time and you know the Scottish National Party had just about started in a serious way Winnie Ewing if you remember she was the uh, wow. first sort of Scott Nat that would be uh, a great trivia question I never ever would have got that Winnie Ewing I, I've heard yes. the name but I wouldn't have known yeah. that yeah, mm. could try that one out in the no, pub well, with your friends seen... if you can never go to the pub with your friends again so <laughs> yes, um, but no, it was, it's brilliant stuff. It's just a fantastic documentary. And if football is romance, if you want the romance of football, it's absolutely mm. there in this uh, program. Yeah. Really good. And there's people like William McAvenny, who was uh, obviously the brother of uh, Hugh McAvenny, yeah. a great novelist, uh, discussing the campaign with Dennis Law in a pub. Uh, and all that. And it's Dalgleish's great goal against Wales that he uh, scored at Anfield. If you remember that. And there's also a lovely scene where um, I think it's Annie McLeod and Bruce Riott being interviewed on um, the local radio station, Radio Clyde, mm. on 261. And it's a clothing factory. And mm. it's those days when, uh, you know, when the ILR station, whichever the independent local radio station, was zooming out over the speakers while everybody worked. You know, it's such yeah, a, yeah. so redolent of, <laughs> yeah. of a different era. So go and check Although it out. I'm sure there are factories up and down. It's, it's on the iPlayer, yeah. Martin, isn't it? So we should go and we'll, we'll go it and is. check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think factories have got talk sport on. Well, they might have. Hello, everybody. They might have. Yeah, they might be furloughed. <laughs> as long as they're not, good afternoon to you all. If you're in a factory, let us know. It's like two way family favourites. Um, so, yes. Martin, what, what else have, have you taken in this week? I think you've taken in the documentary, which is quite prescient with the, with the Merseyside derby this weekend. Is this right? Or? Absolutely. Mm. Presumably, that's the reason BT Sport uh, played two tribes, which again mm. has been one that's mm. been played before, uh, but they had it on in the evening after the uh, Liverpool match this this week. Uh, and again, very similar to the uh, to the Scotland documentary, in that it was um, you know the sort of industrial era in the uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, mostly actually, when um, Everton. St- I mean, Everton were very poor in the very early eighties, and they showed a bit uh, of a match that uh, Peter Reid reckons is the worst game ever. Right. Fact. Really? Worst game ever. Uh, it was a nil-nil draw between Everton and Coventry uh, in 1983, according to Peter Reid. Worst game ever. 13,669 people turned up at Goodison for that. Wow. Just... I mean, that's a period when you did get very low crowds, didn't you, in the, mm, in the yeah. sort of very early 80s, late late 70s. Um, but it's all in there. It's great stuff. And then uh, Everton revived, obviously, towards the, the middle of the uh, middle of the 1980s. But you, there was a lot of politics in it. And there was a lot of music in it. Pete Wiley playing acoustically, you know, from the mighty Wah. Mm. Um, and there was um, all the very, you know, you had lots of music from the, um, the great Liverpool revival in the early 80s. Some fantastic uh, bands then the pale fountains do you remember that oh yeah 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 uh, yeah, there was one or two, one or two other really good uh, uh, Liverpool uh, bands in those. So a lot of music in it. Uh, Pete Wiley playing uh, acoustically, the story of the blues oh. and everything. But there was also a lot of stuff about the unemployment rate and the huge decline in Liverpool at the docks. And Derek Hatton uh, played a big part in it. Um, and we saw the uh, uh, the speech when uh, that Neil Kinnock uh, made uh, at the Labour Party conference in '85. It was mm. sort of. Uh, killing the militant tendency in Liverpool but you could see the appeal because the amount of decline and the docks had closed down they'd not been replaced yeah. and Liverpool was 
uh, a bit of a national joke because you, at the same time, and they show clips of this as well, you had Harry Enfield with the old, calm down, calm down, calm yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And you, you didn't realise just how much uh, it was hated in Liverpool. Pete Wiley was, uh, was talking about that. Um, also Derek Hatton and all the jokes about having your hubcaps stolen and all that. Mm. Um, and if you weren't in Liverpool at the time, you know, didn't realise just what an effect that had. That's and there were cool. clips from boys from the black stuff as well. Uh, that and sounds good. It was a yeah. memory. Yeah, it's a great documentary because it does link up the politics, the music, and the football, and everything. And uh, some, you know, some really good uh, talking heads on the, on the show. And get and, you in the uh, mood for you know, you the game at the weekend, of course. Get you in the mood for the game. Watch it tonight. Different, watch different it tonight. times. Bit of background. Different times. Uh, you're, yes. you're back overnight, Absolutely. Martin, aren't you? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much hoping so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> one o'clock in the morning. Mm, one o'clock in the morning um, through till six. Is that right? Yeah. Yep, uh, three or six, and, and as we always say, prime time in Myanmar <laughs> and uh, various parts of Kuala Lumpur, and also uh, a big hit in Alice Springs. Oh, that's nice. Well, uh, so, yeah, looking forward to all that later <laughs> on. Yeah. Cheers, Martin. Thanks ever so much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. As always, there's loads of great sport on uh, this weekend. We're bringing you loads of live games here on the Talk Sport, but you know, you may want to squeeze in a bit of non-sporting telly. Take a deep breath. And here to guide us through it this weekend is uh, the Stars Brighton supporting Mike Ward. Good afternoon, Mike. Afternoon, guys. It's very rare BBC One stick a film on yes. mid-evening. I used to do it when I was a kid and probably when you were a kid, but very rarely mm. these days. But It's a good one, though. What a film they're putting on, it's Stan a- and Ollie great film I, I, just, I don't normally talk about films but I just love this film so much mm. and I thought well yes half past eight BBC One tonight or 25 past eight I think um, which is normally the time when you know it's just after EastEnders and before you know it's normally comedy evening isn't it yeah. on, on Friday um Mm. So yeah, um, Steve Coogan and John John C. Riley uh, in in this this biography of Lauren Hardy, and it's just I, I, I you know, pe- people have sort of mixed feelings about Steve Coogan and some because he's become so associated one with one particular character. Pretty much everything else he's tried, people are a lot more uh, sceptical about. You know, a lot of the time, whereas he was just brilliant in this. Yeah, and I just think that the portrayal was very it was funny but touching, but nothing nothing too cloying about it you know it's about their the, the latter stages of their career when they were uh over here uh trying to sort of um, you know get their careers back on track when clearly you know um uh oliver hardy wasn't in the greatest of health and um it was all a bit sad but you yeah, know they ultimately didn't, it is sad story yeah. Yeah, yeah but they didn't overplay that that sort of the, the pathos it was just pitched just perfectly so yeah it's a lovely and jeff pope who wrote it came in and saw us when it came out and saying to him you know a real compliment it's it's, it's a film made with love he, yeah like everybody involved with this sort of clearly loves them and what they did and that and, and everybody acting in it is the same so yeah, yeah highly recommended if you, if you haven't seen it later uh, that's 8 25 bbc one 10 o'clock bbc two later with jules holland is back now he did a series in lockdown didn't he where he kind of mm. did stuff from home which were extended interviews so is yeah. he back in the studio it's here? his his home home studio so right. no it's it's more it's more of the same so i don't know to what extent he's going to sort of try and uh, allow people in at a socially distant sort of you know uh, setup but it's um, a difficult thing to do isn't it the whole point of that show mm, is people are around the acts yeah. and it's, it's quite noisy and I, people I, get I think involved it, it's yeah. you know i'll be honest i've never re- you know i think it's been a struggle when i when i've watched it cause, mm. and, and also he has a tendency when he interviews people to get quite sort of he goes 
goes very deeply into the, sort of the, the the muso side of his personality, which can be mm. a bit sort of a bit niche. And if he's got a particular guest on, that they do, they are allowed to sort of ramble on a bit like I'm doing, in fact, um, <laughs> <laughs> more than you want them to. Yeah. So. so anyway, we'll give it a crack. Um, yeah. I, I'm kind of with you. It didn't didn't work quite as well, but I think it, like a lot of TV shows, he's making the best of uh, yeah. of the of a situation. I'm uh, glad it's still there. Yeah, that indeed. Yes, yeah, mm. always. It's always there. Some good people on there. Yeah. The, I didn't see this last time it went out on, on BBC. I four. did see it. Yeah. Oh, was it I quite liked it, but it, it, it didn't get great reviews, if no. I remember rightly. This was uh, the all Kemp's. true, the Kemp's. Yeah, all it, true. Yeah. The spoof documentary, Gary Martin. I think the problem with it is that it's obviously came off the back of the um, the Bross documentary, mm, which yeah. wasn't really intended as a spoof. No. And I think the funniest, you know, sometimes spoof documentary, to, to get it right, um, oh, God, what's the one that... that um, uh, Brian, Brian Perk was that oh yes the Thotch the band oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yes right oh I love Brian yeah, Perk which was yeah. fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's beautiful that's that's a brilliant mm. spoof document I, I think there's a that's I felt as if they're trying just a wee bit too hard to be wacky mm. and they probably think the jokes are funnier than they are that's what I w- would say it's worth a look though it's um and the brush one was kind of beyond parody it's quite difficult to yes, take as you absolutely. say take that on and that's that why yeah, that's yeah. why it took it off took yeah. off because it it was precisely that um and Dex Saturday night takeaways back tomorrow. Are they again? They're, they're, they've got a studio audience mm. in. They've got a virtual audience. So oh, behind okay. a big red curtain, mm. there are, they're telling us that's the biggest. Technically, it's the biggest mm. audience they've ever had because they've got cameras in three hundred homes, each oh. of which can have maybe three, four people in in a household. So technically, that makes their biggest audience, you know, a bigger audience than they normally have in the, in the actual real studio. But obviously, it's mm. going to be a little bit um, different. But again, I think you remember the very, very early days of lockdown. It was Anton Deck's takeaway that that was. I think they managed to do one last episode before they realised they couldn't be sort of seen stood side by side on the stage, mm. you know, and everything sort of. I think the very last episode of that series they were doing, and you know, on, on, on by via laptop, you know, yes. separate separate rooms or something <laughs> or other, which is awful. Uh, you know. Seven o'clock ITV tomorrow. Uh, the Wall versus Celebrities. Danny yeah. Dyer, but it's a bit of a sporting angle. It's footballing angle. Yeah, yeah. I I think we've got uh, we've got John Barnes uh, and Chris Kamara um, right. together at last up against uh, up against the wall, and uh, I think David Seaman turns up in one of the other celebrity shows that, before that. So there's quite a lot of uh, sporting, you know, ex sports stars doing their bit okay. uh, in Saturday nights. This isn't shows. Bring on the Wall. I've never no, seen no, this is different. This is a different. This is not Dale's <laughs> old vehicle that Goffey was in that um, <laughs> tinfoil <laughs> suit. That's <laughs> a while since that's Bring been on, on isn't it? Yeah, they, they, they did a couple of series, and, and that was that. Um, mm. So on uh, Sunday, no dancing yeah. on ice because there's so many often. They've got such a casualty list. Yeah, I oh, actually read. Amazing. Uh, uh, yeah, they actually just said, "Well, we just." Uh, I thought for a moment they called the whole thing off. I actually read mm. the <laughs> when it sort of flashed up, which I thought, "What? They just abandoned it? They've given up?" <laughs> <laughs> which um, would have been a bit extreme, uh, having gone for that. No, I think they've decided that because of uh, I think Jason Donovan got injured, and then one of the professional yeah. skaters hurt his finger. That's a novel one, hurting your finger, but then. I guess if you, uh, mm. I don't know, I don't even want to think about how you hurt your finger. If you do. No, it's right. um, but like you yeah. still have a finger, of if course, you if you hurt your finger yes, in ice skating, aren't you, really? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they've just decided for one week, yeah, let's uh, take stock. Get everybody fit again. Just had to call the game off. I wonder if they'll be fine for calling the game off. It's a bit <laughs> like that. You know, as long as they had seven-fit dancers, they should have gone out there and done it. As they put, should have done, Put yeah. some kids in. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, 9 p.m. though. The greatest hits thing. Yeah. That's 6 p.m. ITV, Dancing on Ice. Yes, Andy? 
Yeah, 9 p.m. could be the highlight of the weekend, I think, this a one. Big new drama series with James, James Nesbitt. Nesbitt. Yeah. He's always good, isn't he? He did. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he played a character years ago. Uh, uh, he's played a few cop characters over the years, hasn't mm-hmm. he? But this one is, uh, uh, he plays a guy who, the story is that a car has been pulled out of a river um, and there seems to be some con- murder, co- a connection with a, a, an assassin, an infamous assassin, who we discover murdered his, his was, was linked with the murder of his character's wife wow. many years ago. So he's on the hunt for this assassin. Is it really the same guy, or is it somebody pretending to be the guy who killed his wife? We don't know, but it's going to be him sort of uh, um, getting to grips with an inquiry that he's been actively encouraged not to get involved with. So, How many parts is this, Mike? Is it a Four. Four-parter, OK. Right. It's Jed Mercurio, isn't it, as well? Oh, yeah. is it really? Oh, yes, okay. He's, he's from yeah, so Line of Duty, yeah. so and very it rattles good along, yeah. rattles along nicely. There's not, too, there's not too much padding. Four episodes is good. I like a four-episode yeah. drama. There should be more of those. Sounds good. Thank you, Mike. We'll catch up with you next week. Enjoy the football. It's not till Monday, is it? The it's big not derby. till Monday. Enjoy the, the derby. One. I yeah. will do. Take care. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, Andy's back with me on Monday. We'll do it all again there. Among our guests, Sanjeev Baskar, the new series Unforgotten, his fine TV series on ITV on Monday. We'll be looking at the new Pele documentary as well next week with the makers of that. Um, so, until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy all the sport. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.